This episode of Ready or Not is sponsored by Our Pilates, an online Pilates platform created to help you feel good about moving your body. Designed by physiotherapist and new mum, Han McKim, the pre- and postnatal classes focus on all areas that mums and mums-to-be need most. Han filmed these classes throughout her own pregnancy so that she can help strengthen, lengthen and support you through yours. As a special offer to listeners of Ready or Not, our Pilates founders Brooke Hogan and Han McKim are offering 14 days free of charge to help you kickstart your Pilates routine. Simply use the coupon Ready or Not when you sign up to redeem this offer. all the things that people think about, like, oh, they might have to rush off from work early and they have commitments with kids, I think they deliver twofold in what you get back. Everybody is a human. Everybody has their families or things that they're going through. So how do we create the most flexible work environment? I think it's important that Brett, who's my partner, does what I've done and, you know, not sacrifices his career, but sees it's an important role to also be a dad. It's just so typical of mums. We have to drop, like, drop our shame. And yes, I'm pumping with my top up in a corporate bathroom. I'm going to be a better mum for it, that I get to have this outlet at work and then come back and be fully present for the time that I'm with them. Amy Bradshaw is the head of Australia at global media agency, Vayner Media. She's worked in New York, London, and now back home in Sydney, where she lives with her partner and two children. What I loved most about my conversation with Amy is how pragmatic, honest and genuine she is. She doesn't dramatise the struggles of being a working parent, but she doesn't oversimplify it either. In this episode, we talk sailing around Croatia with a newborn, setting up VaynerMedia's Australian arm, the need for workplace flexibility for not only mothers, but for all people, and the importance of letting go in order to share the parenting load. I'm Lucinda, this is Ready or Not, and here is the down-to-earth and determined Amy Bradshaw. Amy, thank you so much for being on the show. Can you please start by introducing yourself and your family? Oh, hi. Nice to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you about this topic. I think from other discussions, you can tell it's something I'm quite passionate about. So mm. having someone to sit there and listen, um, you know, it's quite refreshing. Um, but yeah, I'm Amy. I am a mum of two. I have Yoli, who's two and a half, and Romy, who's five months. Um, and I'm the head of VaynerMedia Australia, which is a global creative and media agency here in Sydney. So you've worked in New York, you've worked in London, and now you're back in Sydney. Can you tell us a bit about your career to date? Yeah, I um I started my career in PR in Sydney, um, probably about 12 years ago is probably when I started into the world. But I always, I always wanted to explore the bigger cities and the bigger opportunities. And luckily, I got an opportunity quite early on um, to do a three-month uh, secondment, in a way, to our New York office. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won a scholarship for that. Went over and was determined to turn that into a full-time role. So worked my ass off during those three months. How old are you here? I am 24, probably at this ah, point. So really young. Yeah, early 20s. Um, and then at the end of that three months, I got offered a full-time role in our New York mm-hmm. office. 
I came back to Sydney, packed my bags and literally went straight back again. And then through there, I just, you know, got to work on some really exciting global brands. Um, I moved from PR into a digital space and worked for a really innovative digital agency in New York. And then through them, I found VaynerMedia, was introduced to Gary Vaynerchuk, um, had a coffee with him one morning in the Upper East Side. And then from there, like, I just knew my career wasn't going to be the same after that and knew that what he was trying to build and, you know, who he is as a person and an entrepreneur. I was just very intrigued. Um, mm. That that encounter, I remember calling my mom when I left the coffee store and was like, he's one of those people that you don't meet many people in your life like him and you have an immediate reaction. And I just said, I'm going to follow this guy and what he's building mm-hmm. and kind of knew it would take me in different directions. I actually was telling someone yesterday, I started at Vayner with no title, no idea what team I was going in. And then, so I spent my first few weeks of Vayner just with figuring out where I would fit <laughs> in the company. And yeah. And then strangely enough, I met my partner on a, a trip to London when I was visiting my brother. So I had to go back to Gary and the team at Vayner after I started and said, really appreciate starting. I'd only been there a couple of months, but can I move to London? <laughs> and they made it happen. It was approved that day. Wow. My visa moving three months later, I moved to London and then, yeah, spent a couple of years there in the agency, moved up to be head of client partnership there. And then, yeah, got pregnant. And so the discussion then started about, you know, where do we go from here? Um, and ultimately it led us back to Australia and starting the agency down here. So how long had you lived in London and been working for Vayner when you decided to fall pregnant? And what was that like for you? Were you nervous about taking maternity leave and all of that stuff? Yeah, I was because... You know, my career was, it was moving up and I was moving into leadership roles at that time. I was head of client partnership. Um, I just had an amazing boss start as well as our MD in London. Um, she was someone I was really excited to to work underneath. We were starting to build a lot of plans and actually, mm-hmm. um, you know, but the discussion with my partner was, if not now, then when? Um, you know, there's always going to be that. It feels like it's not the right time. Um, and I was quite nervous to tell her because we had built such a good bond. We were actually having coffee one morning and she was telling me the plans over the next six to 12 months and what we wanted to do together. And it was, you know, before that 12 week mark when, you know, most people feel comfortable, but it was in that moment. I was like, I've kind of got to tell her. Mm-hmm. Um, so nervous. And she cried and we'd only been working together six months because she was so happy for me. Oh, so, that's no, so nice. You know, it's, I've got two girls. This is the most exciting news. And she was beyond supportive and just immediate relief once I got that off my chest. And then, you know, having her know what I was going through in those early stages was also really helpful and beneficial. She was, if I was ever at my desk past six o'clock, she'd come up and say, go home, you need to rest. If I was ever getting stressed, she said, don't stress. It's, it's not going to do well for your pregnancy. So she was very supportive the whole way through. Um, so I feel very lucky that I had a boss who was a mom, who had been a leader, who really understood what I was going through and was very, very supportive. And how did you feel pregnant while you were working full-time in this really big role? To be honest, quite, I, I feel like it, I embraced it in a way. It, mm. like it, I kind of just powered through it all and I'm a very active person. So I kind of, I've kept up my exercise the whole time. I don't get too stressed at work. And I think that's, I use exercise as an outlet as well. Um, and I kind of just got on with it in a way. I know that sounds mm. silly, but um, I, I had a healthy pregnancy. I, I wasn't sick in the first trimester. So it was relatively um, 
fine for me. Um, I think it really hit me once I finished and I had a couple of weeks before the birth that I was kind of like, shit, like, you know, who am I? Like, mm. what does this mean for me now? Because so much of my career, uh, so much of my who I am was shaped by my work and my career and what I did. And then when that was gone, I didn't end before the baby came. I remember walking around the parks in London. It's kind of like an identity crisis in those few weeks. I was like, I don't know really who I am. It's this or like, weird holding pattern between like who you were before and who you're becoming. Yeah. And especially as your work, your work moves on without you as much as you want to mm. think you're invaluable, you know, they have to keep moving. And mm. so yeah, and things really change so quickly. That's something I've noticed being on maternity leave is how many of my colleagues have left or moved on. Or there's new colleagues that I now need to reintroduce myself to or introduce myself to when I go back. So a lot happens quickly. Yeah, exactly. And so then you're making the decision to come back to Australia. You're going on mat leave. How does that play out? Where do you give birth? In London or back at home? Yeah. And at that point, we had decided to stay in London and I was just mm. going on mat leave. Um, I, y- Yoli was born on the first day of lockdown in the UK. Oh, um, oh, so wow. My mum was only able to be there for five days. It was a very stressful time. I didn't know if I was going to give birth. My mum had to fly back to Australia because they were closing their borders and she wasn't sure if she'd be able to get back in. Um, so Yoli was born first day of lockdown. Uh, we spent a couple of wow. months in London and then we actually um, went sailing for four months around Europe during COVID, um, which is, again, everyone's like, you went sailing with a newborn? And so this that. was a, a bit of a road. Yeah, actually, back to when we were deciding about having a baby, the, the mm. conversation was we either go sailing around the world because my yeah. partner, that lifelong dream of his, mm. or we have a baby. And we chose a baby, but right. then we chose to spend some maternity leave both. on both. And so did your partner have parental leave that allowed him to do that or was he working from a boat or how did that go? Yeah, he luckily works for himself, so he's quite flexible. And uh, so he did a little bit of work on the boat, but he took, you know, we saw it as a really nice time for us to bond Mm -hmm. as a family as well. Um, So, you know, he took some time time off. Um, We were, we sailed for about four months, which was, you know, quite nice in that we could isolate on a boat. Um. And just spend, yeah, a, a lot of quality time together. Wow. So how did that play out? Because I imagine if there were lockdown periods, you weren't necessarily getting out at towns and eating at restaurants. How did it play out traveling with a new baby through, during that time? Well, we started in Croatia, which had actually done a really good job of suppressing the virus. Um, so there was almost no COVID in the regions when we oh, were wow. there. So it was it was pretty open and we went from London, which was everything was shut down. It was mm. a ghost town, flying across and getting on the boat and it kind of life as normal over there when we were there. Yeah. And then and slowly. Much <laughs> and much warmer. And then what the benefit was we got to explore all these spots that normally would be um, riddled with tourists. There was no one oh, there. Wow. So it definitely felt like a once in a lifetime type of experience. We were in these gorgeous bays in like Greece and Croatia and the only boat there. So it was I, we look back on, with that on that time with such fond memories because it was mm. the first time being parents together. Um, it was during this crazy once in a lifetime global pandemic, and then we were in Europe and experiencing it in probably you know again a once in a lifetime opportunity that you would be in these spots by yourself and enjoying it. So it was very very magical and so amazing. And also if you're thinking about coming home, I imagine too, you're like, oh no, we're going to have a baby. We're moving back home. 
our lives as we know it won't be the same, but then you just do the absolute reverse of what everyone else would normally do and you go on this amazing holiday with your child. Yeah, it was, it was pretty incredible. And at that time we were still thinking of going back to London. Mm. Um, but as the months went on and, and Yoli got older, we, you know, started to evaluate what was important and the fact that, you know, our parents were all supposed to come on this trip as well, but obviously couldn't COVID. So we just thought, you know, it's important that we're around family. We'd actually had considered going to Singapore, being closer to home, not yet ready to make the full transition back to Australia. And that was in the plans, but then Singapore shut their borders and mm-hmm. shut down visas. Um, so again, it was a discussion with Gary about what next. It was something I discussed with him at the very beginning when I joined VaynerMedia was a, a longer term ambition to to open it in Australia. So it had been something we'd spoken about over the years and testament to who he is as a leader. He's, you know, try things, fail fast, or if they work, that's great. And we just mm-hmm. had to give it a go and see. Um, so that was how I ultimately came back to, to Vayner and started back into the role was let's give opening up Australia a shot. So you were back in Australia by the time you go back to work? Yeah. So I came back at the end of 2020 and then I started into the new role, um, early 21. And so how was that return to work process for you? Was it quite different? I imagine if you're heading up the Australian department, you're sort of building up from scratch. So it might not have necessarily been going into an office with colleagues that you're familiar with. Yeah, exactly. It was just me on the ground. Uh, have a large team across APAC and headquartered in Singapore. So I was working with them, but I feel like it was a very lucky transition back into work because it was that flexibility to, to create my own hours, to work from home, um, to, to, to kind of have that space to be a new mum as well. And they were really mm-hmm. understanding about that. It was, as long as I was doing the role and getting out there and finding clients and talking to people and building up the business, then mm. they're happy for me to be flexible. Um, so it was, it was lucky, luckily a nice transition back into the work life. And so what did that return to work look like for you in terms of how many hours you took on, if you built them up, where was Yoli daycare or grandparents? Yep. Uh, so we had a nanny and then when she was old enough at 10 months, so she started working, walking very early. So she was walking before eight months. So by oh, 10, my I know, it was <laughs> back in videos and it's like a walking baby. It's oh so my God, bizarre. My son is nearly eight months and he can only just semi-sit unassisted. That is hilarious. Yeah. So by the time she got to 10 months and could go to daycare, I felt more comfortable because she could, you know. She was basically an adult. She was basically an adult. She didn't feel like I was putting my little baby in there. She felt much older than she was. But she did a split between nanny and daycare um, and we slowly built up her time into daycare. But I'm sure you realise that when you put kids in daycare, it's not you drop them off at seven and you pick them up at five. It's Mm. you've got to have shortened hours. There's the sickness. There's a lot Mm. of flexibility that needs to come at that time. And again, luckily... Mm. My partner can be flexible in his in his role, in his job. He does work for himself, but, you know, he's got a job to do as well. He can't mm. just put his career on hold um, as I go back to work. So it's a juggle and I don't have a silver bullet for how it works, but we mm. just had to communicate with each other, be flexible. I had to be, um, you know, I was just transparent with my work around, you know, I'm going to have to be off in the morning because Yoli is sick and she can't go to daycare mm. and, you know, I'll get the job done another time. Um, so mm. there just has to be an element of flexibility in those early weeks and months. 
it seems like a lot of people as well, from what I've heard, they need that trust from their managers that they've already proved that they're hard workers and that they can be trusted. And then the managers in turn support them because of the hard work they've already laid out, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like women always feel like they have to prove themselves that just being mm-hmm. in isn't, you know, is not going to be a detriment to my career or to my role. So like we do always go above and beyond. And I like since being a mum and, and seeing other mums and speaking to other mums, you know, I'd be like, I would hire a new mum off because they are efficient as hell because if they've got shortened time, they need to get stuff done. If they're going to be away from their kid, they're going to make it work worthwhile. Mm-hmm. If they're going back to work, they're driven, they're ambitious. Um, so I think all the things that people think about, like, oh, they might have to rush off from work early and they have commitments with kids. I think they deliver twofold in what you get back. I couldn't agree more. Instead of sitting there sometimes flouncing, just staying at your desk late because you feel like you have to, you're actually like that focus time is amazing. It's like 200%. If it used to be 50%, now it's 200%. Exactly. And I feel like when you go back to work as well, there's, you know, there's that release that you want to not just be a mom, but you want that mental stimulation. You want to mm-hmm. you know, think about things and um, work through problems that makes them even more engaged in the work. And you get actual rewards for your hard work as opposed to motherhood, which uh, yeah. doesn't necessarily <laughs> always equal rewards just because you put in the extra effort. Yeah. So then you go to add Romy to your family. Can you tell us a little bit about deciding? when to fall pregnant from a career point of view again and how that maternity leave played out? Yeah. And again, like it was the consideration that it's never going to be a good time. Like mm. I was out here to, to build Vayner and then mm. all of a sudden I was going to go off on maternity leave. Um, so that was definitely a big consideration, but ultimately the discussion with my partner was this is our life and this is our family. We wanted um, our kids to be close in age so that they could grow up together um, and that's, you know, what drove my decision. It's never going to be a good time. Um, mm. you know, trade off for me was I did come back a lot earlier than I did with Yoli. I took 10, 11 months off with Yoli and with Romy, I'm back part-time. I came back at four months, which is very early for particularly Australia. I mean, most mm. of my colleagues are in the U S so I said, I, I'm yeah, really, that'd be like for them. Yeah. I'm really acting like a New Yorker here. Um, but you know, I worked up until my final week, I came back. Oh, wow. So it was very quick and very different. I did, I did feel responsibility to not be away from, from this baby too long mm. as well. I'd built a team at this point. Um, we were growing really quickly. Um, it was quite a pivotal time in our growth, even though we're part of a global agency. Um, it's very startup mindset here. So it, it was tough to, to step away at that time. Mm. Uh, and then I knew there'd be challenges coming back this early as well. There's challenges in terms of just being so recently postpartum, but and challenges mentally of feeling guilty about leaving my baby so little. So there's there's definitely been some things to to work. There's through. so much going on. So you enter Vayner Australia as a team of one. When you go on maternity leave, how many were in the team then? Yeah, you know, about twenty at that point. So we oh, built up how many um, months is that in? Or how uh, many? About a year in. Wow, that's really impressive. Um, yeah, with some really big Australian brands and growing mm-hmm. and we're still growing quickly. So, and that's why to me it was a, a little tricky to step step away at that time. But I knew it would be like that for a few years and that's the way Vaynoris has. To, you know, we opened APAC three years ago. We started with two people and we're now 250 across the region. Mm-hmm. So it's always going to be hyper growth. There's always going to be 
it doesn't feel like the right time. And then we had to, what's right for our family, what's right for long mm-hmm. This is our lives, you know, and our, our daughter's lives. Mm. And was there anything in that postpartum experience first time that you took into your second postpartum experience or just knowing that you were taking a shorter period, did it make you approach that time different? Uh, I think the first time I really did step away, there was someone that, you know, came into my role. Um, they fully took it over and I just realized I have to let go. Knowing I was coming back so soon, uh, I, I did stay relatively involved throughout my, mm-hmm. which a lot of people tell you not to, like enjoy the time. Mm. But for me, I had someone in there, but, and they were a close friend of mine, which was also helpful. So we had a discussion before I went off what he would talk to me about, what he wouldn't talk to me about, what would make me stress that I don't need to know about and what he wants me to check in on. So when I come back, I'm like, why did you make that decision without me? Um, (laughs) So that really helped having someone I trusted and I knew and on a personal level. Um, And so I did stay engaged. So I didn't feel like I was totally blind coming back in and I was able to enjoy my pregnancy. I mean, my, um, uh, postpartum first few months with Romy, but just having those text messages, knowing what was up. Mm. It, yeah. It, it, it sounds like that made you relax more rather than yeah, less. Exactly. Like what's going on? What am I going to come back into? And so this return to work is quite different. I guess you've built up this amazing team and it's quite a thriving office rather than this exciting time of you building something. Can you tell us a bit about the lead up to returning to work and then those first few weeks and months of returning to work? Well, we, we're, we're kind of getting known for our friends from making the best of maternity leave. So this one, we again, <laughs> off again for nine weeks. We went across to, um, to Spain and Greece and just oh, spent wow. there together as a family, which we, was amazing. But we also didn't realize traveling with a toddler is, is quite tricky. Very different <laughs> to traveling Very with a newborn. Um, yeah, newborn, everyone looks like, oh, you're so brave traveling with a newborn. Mm. Like the newborn is the easy part. They just No, sleep. that's what I reckon too. You put them in the front pack and it's life as normal. Mm. But the toddler, like she ruled the roost the whole holiday. So that was interesting. But again, uh, we, we traveled right up until the week before I was supposed to go back to work. So there was no real downtime to think about, you know, what's going to happen. I had this holiday, came back straight into work. Um, I'm not saying that's the right way to do it, but it's how we did it. Um, and yeah, very different to the first time because I had a team I was responsible for. It was very fast paced. There's a lot going on. Um, Q3 is historically very busy at, in our mm. industry, but I decided to come back part-time. So I wanted to, I wasn't comfortable leaving her five days. Um, so I job share with one of our leads in APAC, um, and I do three days and come into the office too, but not the full day, but you know, I come in a little later, I leave a little earlier and I work once the girls have gone to bed. Um, mm. and, and I've just been really transparent with the team around, you know, my baby's still little, this is what's needed. This is what she needs from me. Um, and they may see emails or slacks from me late at night and there's no expectation for them to respond at mm. all. Um, if they don't even want to check like outside work hours, that's totally fine. But mm. this is what I need to do at this time. And I encourage them with their flexibility as well. This isn't just about working mums. It's the new that way that we work. As long as mm. we're transparent and there's open communication and we consider how each of our teammates needs to work, um, you know, that's kind of what I'm encouraging. That's been a really good silver lining, I think, for COVID. And it's funny as much as Obviously, we really want to support working mothers, but something I've been thinking about lately is how much we also need to support working fathers so that then those mothers 
can be more flexible with work. It's not just about making the workplace good for the mum. It's making it more flexible with the dad so that the mum can sometimes step into full work mode and not have to think about being the working mum. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that I, yeah, even through my desire to have a more flexible workplace for working mums, it makes me consider everybody else's needs as well. Mm. It shouldn't just be about working mums, even though mm. I can advocate for that because it's first-hand experience. We need to consider everybody is a human. Everybody has their families or things that they're going through. So how do we create the most flexible work environment? And that's what people are craving these days. You read any sort of statistics after COVID is that first and foremost, people want a flexible work environment. So what does that mean? How do we set up the business that way that we can still function, but mm. we're into consideration this new landscape and what people actually want? Before we move on to tips of how you sort of set up your week, I do want to ask any travel tips for traveling <laughs> with a newborn and a toddler? Uh, travel tips. That's a good one. Toddler, keep them busy. <laughs> we, <laughs> we found the beach was, uh, when we did the city, city sort of stopovers quite mm. tricky but we mm. spent a lot of hours at the beach in the water and you better have a husband that likes going in the water for hours on end <laughs> I always had the excuse that oh, I'm sorry I have to sit and feed Ronnie yeah. so yeah. I could relax on the Off sun building sandcastles <laughs> and swimming and getting all the hat I would think I would say go in eyes wide open which we didn't, we were like rose tinted glasses and this is going to be lovely and we thought it was going to be like our boat trip again and I'm making it sound terrible, but it was just a few weeks in. We're like, what is wrong with our child? She's having multiple meltdowns a day and about the stupidest things. We don't know what's going on. Looking into it, it's like, oh, toddlers, like they love routine and knowing what's happening and where their things are. And so I would, I would go in eyes wide open. I would try and create some sort of routine around the holiday. I would make sure you bring things or do things that feel normal and part of their everyday life so that mm. it's not every. There's no day There's no friends. There's none of my toys. All the food is different. So mm -hmm. trying to think about how to make it more predictable for them. Um, and then patience, <laughs> which like feeds into work. Well, I think every mom or every parent starts to talk about what is some of the, the learnings or the benefits of being a parent and how have you brought that into work life? I think patience is such a mm. big thing. Um, and, and understanding everyone's like, little kids big feelings but you could bring that into anybody you know like trying to understand where they're coming from um and speaking to them um and trying to say you know I, I can tell you're upset tell me more um that's been a big thing for me patience and and really trying to understand where someone's coming from is some of the learnings that I've pulled through from dealing with toddlers not that mm. workmates and toddlers um <laughs> sometimes yeah yeah absolutely and so in terms of how you set up your week, are there any organizational hacks, communication with your partner that help the week run more smoothly? Yeah, I think I, on Sunday afternoons is my day to get organized. I think mm. about what's the meal prep I need to do. How do I make things through the week run as smoothly as possible? Um, and then again, it just comes down to that open communication. We talk on Sunday night, what each of us have going on that mm. week. Um, so that it's not like, well, I need you to, I need you to go and get the kids today. There's no, yeah, like these there. are my non-negotiables. What are yours? Yeah, exactly. And then just giving each other what they, what we need. I need to go out and exercise to start my day, start fresh, get that headspace. Um, so getting into a rhythm of what that looks like, um, really helps. So, mm. And if that's taking Rummy in the front packet, that's something I've had to kind of 
not learned to live with, but embrace in a way. You know, I used to run, I used to love to sweat. And now, you know, sometimes she wakes up and I do only have the morning with her. So it is, okay, my exercise is going to be going out for a nice long walk with Romy in the front pack and mindset, having a mindset shift around it. They're like, oh, I missed my run again today to I'm on this amazing, beautiful walk with my daughter and she's sleeping and it's nice and just going easy on yourself and not trying to sort of boil the ocean that I'm going to get my fitness back and have all this, do all these things, but trying to embrace you know, the new, the new way it is and, and see mm. it from a positive mindset. And that will then set me up for, for the day. You put a really great post, which actually led me to finding you on LinkedIn recently about the realities of being a breastfeeding, traveling, working mother. Can you tell us a little bit more about your thoughts around that and your experiences? It's not glamorous. <laughs> it is not. No, you've got to be organized. And I've had so many times that I've come into work and gone, oh, I've forgotten the adapter. The charger. The mm-hmm. And I've forgotten the charger and I've forgotten the bottle. So gotten better at being organized. And I've had to do, you know, I recently went to Melbourne for an overnight trip. And that again was a juggling act. I flew at 10 o'clock at night so that I could put the babies to bed. I could oh, feed wow. before I left. The flight was delayed. The one benefit I saw was, oh, I'm going to get an amazing full night's sleep for a change. Mm. I didn't get to the hotel till one forty because of delay. It's so typical. I know. I'm sorry, but that wouldn't happen to the dad. That only happens <laughs> to the mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, like a very, and I learned a lot of lessons on that trip because it was my mm. first time being away, being a working nursing mom. And I wanted to pack everything in so I could get home as soon as possible. But stupidly, I didn't pack in breaks for pumping during mm. all these meetings so I was rushing around I was pumping in one of uh you know an office building with an open bathroom as people walk in and I was like this mm. is just so typical of mums we have to drop like drop our shame and yes I'm pumping with my top up in a corporate bathroom and I just had to laugh to myself about it so there's definitely some learnings in you know, Melbourne airport I was pumping in a disabled toilet because there, mm. really, there was no parents room and yeah, it, does, it, it makes you think about all the things that you definitely didn't think about before. Um, so a few a few lessons there, like, yes, you might want to get home as quickly as possible, but there's the realities of needing to pump every few hours. And um, so, yeah, I think I learned a lot on that trip, mm-hmm. honest. And then I realized when I got back, I rushed back. They were fine, you know. My, yes. Sitting there on the couch, I was, she didn't know I was gone. And the whole time there was that that guilt over my head about leaving them and needing to rush back. And, and by doing so, I created a lot of stress and rushing around on this trip that Mm. actually didn't need to be there. So you weren't really, that was your first time leaving the two kids, I imagine. So you weren't really able to relax and enjoy the career side of that. It was a bit of a sort of a teething process, I imagine. Yes, exactly. And they were fine. You know, my partner was like, they were fine. And she mm. worked twice during the night and it was fine. And, mm. and all yeah, you know, no, they're very capable. Fathers are very capable. And I, mm. I, don't, I think I don't give them enough credit in my head that the, the kids need me. Uh, really, it's just letting go and, and realizing they're going to be okay. And, you know, I'm going to be a better mum for it, that I get to have this outlet at work mm. and then come back and be fully present for the time that I'm with them. The letting go is actually more of a challenge than I thought it would be because I came into, when I was pregnant, it was very much like my 
partner, this kid's dad is going to do his load and I'm not going to just be that mum that does everything. But the letting go is actually really tricky. You're much more connected to this baby than you think you're going to be. And it has been a process of like, let go. He can do it. He knows he can do it and he wants to do it. Yeah. Let him do and, it. And they won't get the chance until we actually do step away. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was kind of even more present in my mind the second time around because I'd seen with Yoli once I started to let go, mm-hmm. she went to him for things and mm-hmm. he felt more comfortable. They're not going to feel comfortable if we're always the one there to settle them or there to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, once they start to do it, they get more comfortable as well. And then our kids get more comfortable with them. Um, it's sort of the catch of being the breastfeeding person and the person that takes yeah. parental leave, I think, because I've been thinking a lot about lately how it does set the precedent of you being the primary caregiver, the fact mm-hmm. that you've grown potentially fed and looked after your baby over that parental leave period. So it's really hard to then try and pull back and give some more responsibility to the dad. Do you have any tips around how you went about doing that? Or was it just a slow process of literally letting go? I think it was through the slow process initially with Yoli, but then see play out. Mm. That the second time around, it was, I know he's got this. He's Mm -hmm. done it I'd seen the reward personally for you, I imagine, too, of letting go and what that enables you to have time to do. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise you constantly feel like you need to be there all mm. the time and, and you don't. Uh, definitely when they're like little and they need you and, you know, it's not until you hold them that they stop crying. Mm. But especially as they start to get older and um, I think it was that, that slow letting go and realising mm. that someone else can do it. Yeah, that's a really good mindset. When it comes to pumping on those two days that you are in the office, is that a twice a day thing for you? Is it once a day? Are there any rituals or tips around that that you'd give to a mum returning to work? I would say um, book it in your calendar because I am I can be terrible at it where I realise I've booked in back-to-backs and then I'm yeah. like, oh, God, I haven't built in any time. Mm-hmm. My boards are going to explode. Exactly. <laughs> and then just saying on top of your supply to make sure that it's not dropping. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I, there was a couple of weeks that I would, I had back-to-back meetings and I hadn't pumped when I should have pumped mm-hmm. and whether it was mental or not, I started to feel like my supply was, was dipping. So I made a conscious effort to make sure every couple hours when she would feed that I am mm-hmm. pumped, not letting it go too long. Um, and I have this addiction to making sure that I have a freezer full of breast milk because mm-hmm. I never want to feel like I don't have enough. So I've been on a it's exhausting um, it is. pumping. And I also feel like as I, I pretty much breastfed Romy all, all the way up until I started back at 11 months. So mm. I never really had to go through the the pumping journey as much as this. And I'm like, mm. I'm still breastfeeding and I don't get the benefits of the ease of just pulling up your top and putting the, putting mm. your baby on. I have to go through all this pumping. Um, so it is a bit of a chore, but it's the decision that, you know, we've made that feels, feels right for us and I'm willing to do it. But yeah, it does take a bit of organization, making sure mm. it's actually booked in. And I've been really transparent with my team about it. That's something that I also wanted to do is not shy away from the fact that I am a mum and this is mm. a real mum and like, oh, maybe that's weird that the boss is pumping around the corner. Mm. But I, I don't want it to be like an unspoken thing. So especially when there's so many people in the workplace that are mums, like I now think about my return to work and I'm like, there's so many mums in that office that would have been going off to pump. I don't even know where they were going and how they felt about it. It didn't even cross my mind, but it's such a yep. big part of our lives. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're feeding a human. It's nothing to be ashamed about or embarrassed mm-hmm. about. Um, you know, we've got a really good setup at this office with a, a nice like parents room. I just take my laptop oh, in beautiful. there. I pump in there and do my work. It actually gives me a bit of quiet time to actually mm. sit and do, do the emails or do stuff where I would maybe potentially be distracted. Mm. Um, so I just build it in my day now. I've just got to be organized that I don't forget my damn attachments every time. Yeah, that's a really good tip about booking it in. I like that. I'm going to take that into the workplace with me when I return. What about boundaries? That's something I've been yeah. thinking a lot about lately. I was saying to you before we started recording that not only will I be working reduced hours, whether that's say three, maybe four days a week, I'm also not willing or able to now do overtime till 9pm at night if I need to, if work was really mm-hmm. busy. How do you go about setting boundaries? I did notice a really good slow to reply email response, automatic email response that you have come up. Are there things like that that you've sort of built in to your communication with your team? Yeah. And it, all this kind of happened through trial and ever, uh, error of me coming back because mm-hmm. it was the first time me coming back into the the full team, full work mode as opposed mm-hmm. to the Yoli when it was just myself. And, you know, I didn't have my out of office on my days off and because I didn't want to appear that I wasn't, you know, available. Mm-hmm. And that just like it was going to bite me in the ass because people mm-hmm. just think I'm not getting back to them and, um, you know, why am I being slow? And I was like, I, I should just be transparent. This is the reality. Mm. Um, so on my days off now, it is, hey, I'm recently returning from maternity leave. I'm doing three days until end of year. If your thing's urgent, here's other people you can talk to on those days mm. off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I was, because I was leaving early from work, because I wanted to be home in the afternoon when Yoli got home from daycare and to be there with Romy, um, I would, you know, leave at four, make their dinner and I'd sit and make dinner, but I would be on my computer on the side or on Slack because my team's still there. Mm. And then I was, I was doing a bad job at both. I wasn't giving my girls the time that they needed. I wasn't giving the right attention to work. So Mm -hmm. now I'm laptop down, I'm phones off during that time. And, you know, I do work once they go to bed, I'm making up for the hours, but that works for me. I've always worked Mm. night. Um, and I, I get up in the morning and that's when I do other stuff that's come in from New York. So I have a very flexible, the way I can work my calendars and it's come back to, again, that, that theme of letting go is mm. letting go that I don't need to be in everything and mm-hmm. I don't be responding to everything. It's my team is very capable. They're all amazing at what they do. And, and you've got them in for a reason. I've got them in for a reason and it's me taking a step back and elevating their position and their accountability and their responsibility for things um, that, you know, it's, it's letting the ego aside that they don't need everything. Um, and so that's been, and that's not something that I intentionally went in, that this is going to be my plan. It's through seeing the pitfalls of not putting these things in place that I've started to realize, communicate what days you are working, communicate those boundaries, communicate, you know, when you will be online or what you will do. and if someone says sends me something before I'm about to leave, I'll say I'll get back to this in a few hours. Mm. Um, just being transparent around um, how I'm working at this time. It's not going to be forever, but this is what's needed for for the time being. And as they say, it's a short season of when kids are young. Eventually, they'll be in school, which you know doesn't mean you're less busy, but it does sort of free up a bit of that sort of block of a schedule of how a day pans out. So just yeah. sort of, I guess, honoring your time as a mum too, while it is in this sort of still relatively fresh phase. Yeah. And I think like discussions like this and, 
Um, you know, I've started a WhatsApp group for working moms. Mm-hmm. There's so many tips that we can share and things that, oh, I didn't think of doing it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the more we talk about it, the more we get women to share their experiences and what's working, mm-hmm. it's not only going to benefit them, it's going to benefit their team or their colleagues or their people that work with them. Um, so yeah, I'm glad to be having conversations like yeah. that. I think it's also just amazing hearing mums talk about it without apologizing. My mum, I remember when I was pregnant and I had the most amazing manager who was a mum, so I never needed to worry anyway. But my mum said, don't apologize when you tell them. Like don't, mm. there's no apology around it. There's no, oh, you know, but I'm going to work up until then and I'm going to come back then. You know, just tell them you're pregnant. This is a very, very normal human function that a lot of yeah. people do and a lot of people return to work. So do not apologize. So I think hearing how transparent you've been and unapologetic about that, although I'm sure you've had your moments, it definitely will help other women, I think, be more confident. Like, no, I'm good at this and I'm good at that and I can do both. Yeah. I remember my boss in London saying that when I said, oh, I'll come back at six months. You don't need to tell me that. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what's going to happen on the other side. She said, I thought I was going my boss said. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really, really, I didn't feel the pressure to, to come back when I said, she said, let's just check in and see how you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can be flexible. So that Amazing. was reassuring as well. But I've got friends now, you know, back here who she had her, her baby two months after Romy and her work is pressuring her to come back. And I said, that's not fair. You wow. know, she's feeling a real pull to, to come back before she's ready. And mm. I just said, you need to, you need to be honest about where you're at and that mm. don't feel comfortable coming back that early. And if, if they're not supportive of that, then you need to have a think if that's the right employer for you. What would you tell new mum, Amy, returning to work for the first time? What would be your advice? to her, I guess, from probably that emotional guilt point of view. I've started to say, I'm telling myself now, I'm still giving mm. myself advice now. Um, one of the, I have a couple of mantras I tell myself when I'm in these moments. Mm-hmm. One that I say to myself probably multiple times a week is this too shall pass. Oh, that's and my favorite one too. I, I learned that with Yoli because I would always stress about things like she's not sleeping, she's not eating, she's not doing these things. They will eventually mm. do these things. Just you've got to, it, it will pass. They're all these milestones and the leaps that they go through. And with Romy now, um, you know, we're trying to get her into a better sleep during the night. I'm constantly have burning eyes from not getting enough sleep at night. But I tell myself, this will pass. I'm not going to be tired forever. So this two shall pass has really helped me just kind of reset and relax a little bit and not think this is my new reality forever. And mm-hmm. I also say, be kind to myself. That's another thing, because I think we do that as women as well. We put so much pressure on ourselves to get everything right. Um, and I've just got to be kind to myself that I'm doing the best I can as a boss, as a colleague, as as a mom, as a partner, like I'm doing my best. And so we've just got to be kind to ourselves that, um, yeah, and not try and seek perfection, just try and get the balance. And that's, that's basically it. That's the advice I would kind of give. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Be kind Are to yourself. yourself. The way you treat your friend if they were going back to work. That's another thing yeah. I tell myself for anything that I'm going through with my son. It's don't judge yourself for it. Think about if your friend was going through this and they had to make different decisions based on, you know, anything, whether that was to do with feeding or whatnot. And it's like, give yourself the same compassion that you give to your friend. And so next year, you're going to be ramping up the hours a bit. What's that looking like for you? Are you going to full time or is it adding one more day? 
Yeah, I'll be going from three to five mm-hmm. uh, from January. Um, we have an amazing nanny. And then my partner's actually going to take officially two days off a week to be oh, with amazing. Romy. She still, has, she still has one of her parents with her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're, we're flexible in terms of our uh, working setup. So we like to come together as a team twice a week on Tuesday and Thursday so that we're in the office. The other three is at home. Um, so I I feel reassured that even though I'm not going to be there with her, that I will be at home, the nanny will be able to bring her in. I can breastfeed her during the day. Um, so it's still going to be a juggle. Um, but I, I think it's important that Brett, who's my partner, you know, does what I've done and, you know, mm. not sacrifices his career, but sees it's an important role to also be mm. a dad time with our girls. So he's going to do those official two days with her as well. And I'm pulling this one on you with no, what mm. do they say? Question without notice. So yeah. you could sit on this one or you can just not answer it if you don't feel like it. Yeah. But what would you like to see society do for working mums in the future? What do you think is our biggest challenge? that you'd like to see shift for supporting working mothers and all parents? I'd like to see a bit more infrastructure and framework around it. I feel like everyone's experience is different at their workplaces and that goes for like women fighting for it. You know, Mm. they come back and they say, I need X, Y, and Z, or I'm going to work four days, but I want to be paid five. It it Mm. all come down to individual negotiation and it's like you're lucky if you have a good boss rather than that just being the norm. Yeah, like, oh, you've, you've got a boss who's a mum, so she's a bit more mm. understanding. I think there needs to be more frameworks and more structures in place so these things are normalised um, and we don't have to fight so hard for it or feel guilty that we, we are asking for it. So that's, yeah, I would like to see that a bit more. And I love some of the European or Scandi countries that you know, even maternity, they build in, you share that with your, your partner. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't become women are sacrificing so much of their career to step away so that they can be the parent that, that is a shared responsibility by both parents. And then I think that starts to normalize things and, and share the load. Um, so I think, you know, one more structure around, um, uh, how to support mums coming back to work and two, rebalancing the the mother and father or the sorry not necessarily mother and father but the Mm. the birth mother partner uh, you know what that looks like amy i've absolutely loved some of your wisdom i personally have got a lot out of this i think a lot of other mothers and parents will too you're speaking a lot about this on linkedin where can people find you there yeah, I think just look up Amy Bradshaw at VaynerMedia. Um, and yeah, that's where I'm starting to to talk to talk about these issues or these topics. And um, there's a really a lot of dialogue with other working mums as well. So that's probably the best place that people can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for this. Thank you for chatting. Thanks for listening to Ready or Not. If you liked the show, please tell your friends, subscribe or leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at readyornot.pod. In acknowledging the traditional owners of country throughout Australia, each episode I'll be doing a shout-out to an Indigenous business or charity doing great things. This week it's Young Auntie's House, a creative space for First Nations women and LGBTQI plus mob to access mentoring and development opportunities across the creative industries. Check them out online at Young Auntie's House. That's house spelt H-A-U-S. That's it for today. See you next time.